You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. Welcome one and all to episode 142 of the Pimcron Warhammer Podcast. We are brought to you today by GameMat.eu for beautiful pre-painted terrain and also game mats. Go figure, right? They just released a new uh, MDF terrain set, which is pretty neat. And of course, being MDF, it's pre-assembled and pre-painted for your convenience. And also, you can get 10% off your order with Event 10 at the checkout because you listen to the show and that is you saying, hey, I listen to the Pimpcron show, please continue supporting that podcast. That's basically what that's all about. So um, I am also supported by my beautiful, extremely voluptuous Patreon patrons, and I love you all. Thank you so much for supporting the show. And that is basically all of my preamble I have uh, ready for you. So if you hear screaming in the background, it's because my children have a cousin over and uh, things will probably get loud. I am locked away in another room, but guess what? Uh, sound travels when you're talking about little minions running around screaming. So they, uh, my kids are usually actually pretty quiet. They don't make a whole lot of noise, but when there's other people over, then they get all excited. So if you got kids, you understand. But I think uh, I don't think it's going to be real bad. So let's see. I'll get the taser out if it is. So, um, what are we talking about tonight? Well, first off, we have a letter from Dean, if that is his real name, and he wants advice about a shooty army for AOS for his friend, also Dean, if that is his real name. I think we got going by a bunch of aliases here. We also are looking at the Dire Chasm Orc uh, Head Crackers Mad Mob. We're looking at that for the Want That or Want That Not. And finally, we're talking prize support for events and tournaments. So... We want to talk about what is applicable and what is a good idea for prize support. Nobody really likes to go to an event and get some random thing like, hey, I play Space Wolves. Yeah, cool. Here's some crew. Like, no, that's not usually what you want to do. So what have I been up to? Oh, my God. Work is very, very busy. Uh, so I have had very little time to do anything. Um, I did actually take some time today and just go, you know what? I have not done any hobbying whatsoever this week. Let me go ahead and do some hobbying. So a while ago, one of my pet projects was, gosh, what are they called? Warmongers for Blades of Corn. And I'm heading back into Blades of Corn territory for a little while. And my, no, Wrathmongers, not Warmongers. Wrathmongers are a pretty neat unit, but I'd never really cared much for their appearance. And Wrath of Kings was having a really, really good sale, and I noticed that there's these guys that are really muscular and don't have shirts on, and they're wielding chains with hooks on them, and I thought, you know what? That looks like Wrathmongers. So what I did is I bought several boxes of those, and now I have 10 Wrathmongers using the head from the Wrathmonger kit and the hammers from the Wrathmonger kit, but using these guys' bodies, and they look very similar to the Wrathmongers, but to be honest with you, I think they look better than the Wrathmongers, so... I, um, I'm almost done painting 10 of them, and I enjoyed myself a little bit today and took a little bit of time off. So, otherwise, I really have not done much this week. I played... What did I play this week? Oh, I did a demo game at the club. So, I played my Blades of Corn versus Cities of Sigmar for a new guy, and he seemed to enjoy himself, which is my specialty. And that was about it. I mean, there's nothing really much to say. I lost, which is pretty much by design. And, um... 
And actually, it probably would have been a little better of a game. He he did wipe me off the table, but he had handgunners and a steam tank. So that's, you know, I, I'm the one that made his list. So, um, but to be honest with you, I wasn't really looking up all the rules and a couple things I thought had a four up save actually had a three up save. So I was giving myself a four up save. And then of course, if he had any rend or anything like that, it made it even worse. And I wasn't doing that intentionally, but I just didn't bother to look them up. So my skull takers had um, a three up save, gave him a four up and my uh, crushers, my blood crushers also had a three up save and I gave him a four up save. Oops, so that would have been a little different, but uh, he, he won soundly. Also, that is about it. Um, I'm supposed to have my friend Matt over tomorrow, which is for some brutality action, and we're going to playtest some missions, so hopefully my work does not um, screw me over like it did last week, and I could not do anything with him. So hopefully I don't have to cancel, and that is it, I think. So that's, that's been my week. Um, just basically work. I don't have much else to say. So anyway, thanks for listening to the show and I will just get on to the regular topics because gosh, darn it. I don't really have anything else to say. Let's open the Tesseract mailbox. Well, looky here. It's time for the Tesseract mailbox with the Pimpcron. And today we have a guy that is just, boy, he's a barrel of laughs. Uh, it is Dean, supposedly. You'll get what I mean in a minute. He writes, <laughs> Pimcrompolis, Pimcropolis, my man. This is Dean, but you can call me Dean. My friends call me that. <laughs> I need help from you, oh superior being. My friend, let's call him Dean, wants to get into Warhammer. I play 40K exclusively, but I, he wrote by, I might not, but I think it's, but I might, okay. I play 40k exclusively, but I might not mind being a bit bi-curious about AOS either. I have talked to him several times about which army he wants to start, but he can't make up his mind. He doesn't even know which system. The one thing he does know is that he likes shooting. He's a ranged fella, likes guns, the old pew pew, <laughs> popping shots and busting caps. Overall, he seems to like the looks of AOS mo minis, but I have no knowledge of them, their armies. So assuming my friend Dean can one day become decisive and he chooses AOS, what ranged army would be great for him, oh wise Necron of the Lake? Anyway, we both listened to the show, but he said it was a stupid topic to write in about. Prove him wrong, do it with sass. Thanks, man. Dean. Well... Thank you very much for writing in, Dean. I, I appreciate it. Uh, this was pimpcron uh, at gmail.com. You can also reach me at facebook.com slash pimpcron without the P. And um, let's get started with this topic. First off, I have quite a bit of knowledge of Age of Sigmar. And the one thing you did not mention, actually, and you haven't replied to my email yet, is the price situation. I don't know whether or not he's got a lot of money to spend on this or not, so I'm going to try to factor that in. To be honest, if we're talking about Age of Sigmar, there are not a lot of ranged armies in Age of Sigmar. I mean, you'll have... Nearly every army has some sort of ranged unit, but they're not a ranged army, per se, and a lot of those are not battle line. So, you may say Lumineth Realm Lords, yes, they've got very good shooting in Age of Sigmar, but they're not a ranged army. They're a very good ranged unit, but not a 
ranged army per se. Beasts of Chaos are the same way. They have a little bit of ranged, like one ranged unit. Um, Slaves to Darkness, I don't think they have any ranged units, to be honest with you, but the Blades of Corn just have those skull cannons. I mean, there's a couple armies that have some ranged, but that's it. What you're really thinking about is um, there's three armies in Age of Sigmar that are could be dedicated ranged, and they, believe it or not, are all order armies. So if your friend likes the good guys, or being on the good side, then that would be one of the armies to pick. Um, first off is Caradron Overlords. They are almost exclusively shooty. If he likes ships, which uh, I absolutely love, the dirigibles and the floating fortresses and all that, he can have a very, very good and efficient list with a bunch of shooting. Get a bunch of ironclads, a bunch of frigates, whatever. And they've got some really cool mobility tricks, and they've got a lot of ranged attacks. So, Caradron Overlords is a good one. It is a little bit on the steep side as far as, far as pricing, because they're a newer army, so they're at the higher price point. Um, so, I would say that they are probably the only purely dedicated army in Age of Sigmar. The other two options can be easily made into a purely dedicated army, but it's because they have so many options, they're like a Swiss Army knife. And that would be Cities of Sigmar is a really good one. They have, I'm going to say, um, they have the Hellstorm rocket batteries, they have the organ guns, they have the steam tanks, and then they've got multiple, they've got the handgunners, they've got the crossbowmen, and they've got multiple different archers. So you could very easily make a completely ranged army out of Cities of Sigmar. And that might not be a bad idea for you, because a lot of these models in Cities of Sigmar are older models, and therefore they're at a cheaper price point per points that they would be in the game. So you can get more for your money, is what I'm saying. There's even a city in Cities of Sigmar called Greywater Fastness, and it really kind of caters to the shooty, artillery-style army. Um, I also forgot about Iron Drakes, which is dwarves with cannons. So they shoot too. So you can very easily, Cities of Sigmar, make that a fully ranged army with no melee whatsoever. I don't know if you necessarily want to do that, or if that's a good idea, but you certainly can do it. And they are the cheaper one. So Caradron Overlords is almost exclusively ranged, and their higher price point. Cities of Sigmar is a ton of options, but you can make them fully ranged, and they're a lower price point. And then the thing in the middle there is another Swiss Army knife, which would be Stormcast Eternals. Yes, the poster boys of Age of Sigmar. And just like Space Marines, they are a Swiss Army knife and have a million different options. Of course, probably two-thirds of their options or more are melee options, but they have so many units in the game that um, they have a lot of ranged options as well. They've got Castigators, they've got the Long Strike Vanguards, or whatever they're called, they've got Battle Line, which are the, um, I can't remember, the Scout guys with the pelts on them, they got short-range crossbows, you've got the Bast uh, uh, Ballista, I almost called the Bastilla for some reason, they got the Ballista, they've got tons of, tons of options for just ranged, and you can pretty easily, oh, they got the Judicators, you can easily make a fully ranged army out of Stormcast. So Stormcast is the middle option, um, and Cities of Sigmar is the cheaper option. So you, I would suggest probably one of them if he loves ranged. If you just want to go full bore on range, though, I think Caradron Overlord is your best bet. 
They don't suffer from the mobility issues that the other two armies suffer from. They've got some really neat ships, which nobody else has. And they've got transports, which nobody else has. And they're purely shooting. And they're they're a pretty powerful army, so for a newer player, there's less of a learning curve. I feel like Cities of Sigmar is a little harder as far as... So cheap, most expensive to cheapest, it would probably be Caradron, Stormcast, and Cities of Sigmar. But difficulty in playing them, in other words, how powerful they are, would probably be the s- same, actually. The, the Caradron is the most powerful, then Stormcast, and then Cities of Sigmar. Of course, there's ways to build Cities of Sigmar, which is super effective and very good, but I'm just saying all around, the Stormcast saves are better, they've got more wounds, and things like that. So, um, Cities of Sigmar, also, if you're talking about purely number of models to be painted, then I'd have to rank them a different way. Um, Cities of Sigmar has the most models to be painted, unless you're just going to run all steam tanks. Um, Cities of Sigmar it would be the most... And then probably Stormcast would be the next. And then Caradron Overlords, because a lot of your points are probably going to be in their fantastic ships. So if he doesn't like painting big models like those dirigibles, then that's not up for him. But that's basically the best way I can break it down. And I happen to play all three of those armies, so that's why I know what I'm talking about here. Uh, It just occurred to me now that I probably was not nearly as sassy as I should have been in that response, and I apologize, Dean, and I also apologize to you as well, Dean. So, thank you for writing in. I do appreciate it. Keep in touch, Dean and Dean, and uh, hopefully this gives you some sort of guiding light. And if you went for 40k, obviously Imperial Guard or Adeptus Mechanicus or maybe Tau would be the three highly shooty armies but of course space marines have a lot of shooting as well so it's you know it's up to you but ultimately you should be picking things that you really like the models so that's that and that's why caradron overlords is probably my top pick if i were you because caradron overlords has the most iconic really cool looking style with all the sky dwarves and i just love the ships absolutely love them so that is it for this week, Tesseract Mailbox. You can reach me at those places I already told you about. And, uh, oh, leave a voicemail like Levi did the other week. Want that or want that not? Hey, it's time for Want That or Want That Not. And this week we are covering Warhammer Underworld's Dire Chasm Head Crackers Mad Mob. And what this is is it is a four-man squad of essentially savage orcs, and you got one with a giant axe. He's really cool looking. He's swinging the axe over his head. They've all got the tribal look of the um, bone splitters. You know, they've got the pelts and things like that. They've got one guy swinging a bone axe over his head. Looks pretty neat. I like that model. It's a little basic, but I like it. It's your typical, like, big choppa sort of orc, and that's just peachy keen. You also have an orc, that is shooting his bow, shooting his bow and arrow, which at first you're like, well, okay, shooting his bow and arrow. But to be honest with you, this is like groundbreaking for an orc to actually be shooting a bow and arrow like it's supposed to be shot because nearly every one of the orcs are normally holding their bow and arrow over their head or something like that and not actually shooting their bow and arrow. So as far as one model goes, it is perfectly adequate and totally fine. So we've got two totally fine, if not a little uninspired models. That's totally great. But now we get to the juicy bits. 
I have to tell you that these models, these next two models, are pretty darn cool looking. You've got, like, this shaman guy, right? Or shaman. This shaman guy has a mask on and a staff with a skull and all of that stuff. And I think he's holding a snake, too. And, man, I gotta tell you, this is a cool, cool model. I always have a soft spot for the savage shaman type models for orcs and i do have a bone splitters army i do mostly do bone splitters and not iron jaws although i also have iron jaws um this guy i'm definitely gonna want for sure because this guy looks awesome he would be make a great weird boy and uh definitely want him he's got feathers all around his big wooden mask and he's just he's dancing he's having the time of his life and i absolutely love him but you know what there's a model in this, there's one model left in this group, and there's a model that I absolutely love. There is this guy, and I guess he's the boss, I suppose. Maybe he's Headcracker's, the Headcracker from the Headcracker Mad Mob. This dude is an orc wolverine, and I love every single second of it. He's standing there in the typical wolverine pose with his claws out, and yes, he does have wolverine claws. He's got the pelts, he's got the skulls and the feathers and all that. But he's got Wolverine claws, which is so cool. I, I know that's probably generic for a lot of you guys, but it looks awesome. So I'm thinking that these two models really make up for the other two. The other two are extremely basic. They're totally serviceable, but they're just basic. They look like any other orc. But the shaman looks pretty neat. And he's got like a mock orc face carved out of this wooden uh, mask. It's, it's pretty neat. And uh, then you got the Wolverine Orc. And to be honest with you, 40 bucks. I swear Underworlds used to be 35 Am I going mad? I feel like they used to be 35 But anyway, they're 40 bucks for the squad. And I don't know. Here's, here's the real test here. Even though I absolutely love two of these models. And two of these models are totally fine. Do I love two models enough? To essentially, because I don't know what I'm going to do with the other two that I don't care for, but the two that I really, really like, do I like them enough to pay $40 for them? I think the answer is yes. And the reason why is that both of these are characters, and as you know, characters singly usually run 30 35 bucks. So it's 40 bucks essentially for two characters, and then you got some two random other dudes, which you could make like knobs in a unit or something, I don't care. But the shaman's really neat looking with his derpy orc wooden face, and the wolverine headcracker is fantastic. So, yes, that is definitely a want that for me. I also like that all these Underworlds um, models come with scenic bases. I like them. They've got bones on the ground, and the earth is all cracked and ruined. It's very cool looking. So, I definitely want the headcracker's mad mob, and... I believe this is putting my money where my mouth is. I actually think I will be getting this set. I'll pre-order it because I really like both those models. So that is it. That is a want that from the Pimpcron. And you should go out and buy four of these boxes. Now it's time for Real Talk with Pimpcron. Well, most of us have been there at some point. We are running a tournament or an event or a raffle or something like that, and we need prize support. Well, what do you do about prize support? I don't know. Let's discuss it. Greetings, listeners. Your ever-loving blue-eyed Pimpcron is here this week, and my wargaming convention, Shorehammer. 
is in full swing as far as selling tickets and things like that. And uh, it's going to change lives, warm hearts, and save souls like it does every single year. And it gets me thinking about prize support. It should be no surprise that prize support and things like that have been on my mind as tickets are rolling in and things like that. Can you believe that CNN called Shorehammer the world's best Warhammer convention? I mean, they would probably call it that if they knew about it. Shut up. Point being, prize support is kind of a tricky thing, whether you're organizing a store-based event or an amazing convention so dope that regular life pales in comparison. That one's mine. It's not one-size-fits-all. I've heard that some events buy random boxes of stuff like a vehicle kit, a flyer kit, and some model kits, and whether or not you play that army, that's the prize you get. That just doesn't sit well with me. Let's put on our thinking caps for a second. Prizes are meant to entice people to want to win, and value is in the eye of the beholder. So if I know I'm going to get some random box of stuff I potentially can't use, I probably wouldn't pay money to play. Disclaimer, door prizes are a little different of, a little different of an animal, in my opinion. If you literally just got in there and got a prize by the luck of the draw and put forth no effort, then you have to take what you can get. I mean, that's just how that goes. But if I'm paying to play in a tournament, I want the prizes to apply to me and everyone else. Or trophies, which is something else we do at Shorehammer. We do trophies instead of prize support. But a lot of places just do prize support. Now, I hear you saying, Pimpcron, how can you possibly choose prizes that anybody would want? I imagine you saying that in like a really panicky, whiny voice. You just peed a little. I'm trying to act like I didn't notice. Anyway, thinking caps back on. Come to think of it, I probably should have warned you not to take them off in the first place, but a lot of stores offer store credit for their events, and that is just awesome. It's just as good as a gift card, and you get exactly what you want. Matter of fact, we recently did a Brutality Gauntlet tournament, and that's exactly what we did. We all put in money, we got it in store credit, and then we split it up among the winners. But it may not be a solution if you're hosting a private event like a convention or something that isn't store-supported. Now, this is what some stores do and some events do. They give out strictly terrain kits or gaming mats, which is a good idea. But some people may not have a home board to garnish with all this newfound terrain. So that one's a 50-50 chance, but not a bad idea at all if you must give away prizes. I haven't met anyone yet who wouldn't like one of those mats from like GameMat.eu, wink wink, but seriously, from GameMat.eu or some pre-painted terrain or MDF kits or whatever. Hobby paraphernalia is a great idea too. Glue, clippers, razor knives, um, brushes, paint pots of your choice, and maybe even primer are all awesome prizes. Maybe not the most exciting ones, but at least they apply to everyone and they will get used. Imperial Knights are a surprisingly good idea for a prize as long as everybody agrees on it ahead of time. We did a tournament way back when, with that being the grand prize, because none of us had a Imperial Knight at that time, and we all wanted one. Now, I have since owned one, never assembled it, and then sold it, but you get the point. Pretty much anybody would like an Imperial Knight, and, I mean, most people, unless they have an entire Imperial Knight army, they could always use an extra knight, you know? So, um, anyway, any of the Imperium armies can use the Imperial Knight as prize support, as well as the Chaos ones. So that pretty much works for most people, because most people have at least one Imperium or Chaos army. 
So that covers more than half of the playable races. And I won, actually. I won that tournament. No, I didn't. I apologize for misleading you. One of my favorite prizes, if your budget can handle it, are army transports. Nearly everyone needs and or uses them, and they're a really nice prize. If we're being honest, no matter how many transports you have, you'll never have enough. So that's why GameMat, not GameMat, um, Sayball Army Transport donates army transports for our charity raffle every year. And I got to tell you, Matt Sayball, um, the owner of that, is a super, super nice guy. And just the very first year, I was like, oh, you know, can I can I have a, I mean, I've known him for years, but still, and uh, can I have a transport, you know, donated for the charity raffle? And he's like, yeah, here, here's three or whatever. He always donates a bunch of stuff. So um, very, very nice. But he knows that we're legit. He's known me for a long time. And he knows that we're not just going to run off with the money or whatever. He knows that we're actually supporting a legit uh, charity. So don't go bothering him for charity support because uh, he probably won't uh, support it. I don't know. Maybe he will. I don't know. But anyway, another idea that I had uh, that I had always liked is that giving out trophies is a great thing because trophies really are like the universal gift to give anybody because pretty much everybody likes it. It might sound a little juvenile, but there is something nice about being awarded a prize that you can sit on your shelf and you say, I was a winner once. And trophies are a universal prize that anybody would like, generally speaking. I'm sure there's someone out there saying that they hate trophies, and they'd be wrong. They secretly love trophies. They just aren't in touch with themselves enough to know it. Go meditate and find your spirit animal. He'll tell you that trophies are rad. So, my friend recently went to one of the big wargaming events in the past year. I won't say which one to protect the offenders, but he was really disappointed that the first place winner walked away with like $600 worth of prizes and fluff, while the second and third place guys almost got nothing. Like, let that sink in for a minute. Everybody pays money to be part of these tournaments, and the dude walks away with over half a grand of prizes and all that merchandise and second and third place almost got nothing they each got like i forget what it was but it was like 50 bucks or something where the first place got 600 that really just does not sit well with me i understand that you want your winner to get the most like duh but why would it be winner takes all like this this is the only thing that really doesn't sit well with me as a to i try to spread the prizes as much as possible you probably know just as well as i do that the difference between the top three places in a tournament probably came down to luck or matchups. These three people obviously knew what they were doing with their armies. They obviously made good lists. So why should the guy who happened to get first place get literally everything? Um, a lot of times in our tournaments, we will do 50% to... I'm talking about store tournaments, not Shorehammer. We will do 50% of the proceeds or store credit goes to the winner, and then second and third split at 25-25. Being that my convention is a super awesome laid-back event, um, we've got tons and tons of prizes and a lot of them are a little silly or a little fun or something like that the first place highlander is actually a genuine leather heavyweight championship belt with the shorehammer logo on it and the year and all that and uh our age of sigmar battle uh big our tournament is um a big hammer every year we get some sort of hammer one year it was the doom hammer one year it was molnir um it's whatever hammer we can get our hands on but it's a, a nice big hammer and um Stuff like that. I mean, there's, people like 
once again, that's a trophy, but it's also kind of a conversation piece. If it's in your living room and you've got guests over, they'd be like, what is that trophy? What is that hammer doing on your mantle? And you could be like, oh, yeah, I won first place, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, of course, we also have second and third place trophies for all those people. And then we even, because we like to try to cater to fun and casual people, we actually have a heavyweight circuit and a cruiserweight circuit. So we actually, for a Highlander, which is the biggest tournament, max is 64 people, we actually have um, like... 80% of them fall into the cruiserweight bracket, and then the top 20% fall into the heavyweight bracket. So the heavyweight is where you get your big belt and all that. But we actually have six winners for that tournament. And, um, I mean, also, not just for tournaments, but we have tons of prize support for a charity raffle. So that's good, too. Um, people get tickets just for showing up, and then you can buy more tickets, hopefully, to, to support the charity. So, in conclusion, I would say that if you are going to be giving prizes away for a tournament, which people earned, try to make it apply to everybody, whether it be, I mean, even Imperial Knight's a bit uh, specific, if you're doing a big tournament. If it's a local store tournament and everyone agrees they'd like an Imperial Knight, then that's fine. But if it is like, a, you know, you have strangers in your midst and you don't know what they would like, you really should stick to things like terrain or mats, or something like that, and um, or just do trophies. But trophies for a small event may not matter as much to people as trophies for a big event. I don't know. I actually got second place in the Brutality Tournament this year, which I know is kind of hilarious and ironic the creator would get second place, but uh, I lost by one point. The first place guy got 21 points at the end of that round three, and I had 20 points. So that was that was very very fun. But dude, I am so proud of that second place trophy. I, I can't even begin to tell you. I've never gotten like any trophy ever. I got third place in two different tournaments in my life. And neither one of those tournaments gave out trophies for third place. They had a first and a second place trophy. They did not have a third place trophy. So I got third place in two Warhammer tournaments and got literally nothing to show for it, which is a little bit, it's a little... I don't know. Anyway, back to the topic. If you're doing a local store campaign, store credit would actually be the best thing to do because they can buy whatever they want and you're helping to support your local gaming store. So that also is like a win-win for everybody and that's what we always do. So I guess that's it. That's the real talk for this week with the PimpCron. Thank you so much to GameMat.eu for supporting the show and thank you for all my beautiful, sexy, extremely fertile Patreon patrons for supporting the show. I love you all. See you next week.